Let me invite you now to open your Bibles to Psalm 8, a psalm of David, our psalm for this morning. Hear now the word of God. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we begin, let me just add my word of thanks to our scouts. You know, we are a a church that's just not about ourselves. Uh, We want to reach out at the intersections of life and culture. And for several years, we prayed that the Lord would raise up a Boy Scout troop and a Cub Scout den, right? Pack. Yes, uh, here, and uh, Ken, thank y'all so much, um, just for, and Rick, for, for leadership, and hey, you guys just reach out uh, through this ministry. We're real proud of you. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would now open the eyes of our hearts that we might see you for who you really are, a God of majesty and glory, that we would feel appropriately small. And that you would open up windows to the significance that you give us in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was 20, uh, I had one of the greatest experiences of my life up to that time. I worked on a dude ranch out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Yes, I was a dude. And uh, what I did was basically take people on horseback rides every day through the Grand Teton Mountains and along the the big wide pastures and prairies there. If you've ever been there, it's gorgeous. And uh, for a goober from North Florida like me to, to see the Grand Teton mountain range and just take in the glory of that was astounding. And uh, the wide open spaces, you know, not, not pine trees everywhere, but just you could see every, everything. It's just, you know, just assaulting almost my senses with the azure blue of the sky and the snow-capped mountains and, and all that was going on there. But I tell you, the, the greatest experience that I had was, was not that. It was one night when somebody had a great idea. There were several of us who were uh, wranglers, we were called, uh, on the ranch at that time. Hey, let's get a bunch of people. Let's get blankets Let's go out in one of the pastures. Let's put all the blankets down on the ground and let's just look at the sky. The person who suggested this was from the west and they knew this was a totally cloudless night. You know, very dry, high altitude, no humidity. And uh, so we lay down on all these blankets and we're looking at the sky for an hour or more, I suppose. And I guess I just never seen the, the night sky away from the city lights. And I certainly had never seen it away from the, the humidity and the haze of the southern skies. It was like there were three times as many stars as I had ever seen in my life as, as I looked up. It was a theater of glory. 
in one of the most amazing things I ever saw. And the feeling I got was not only like a, an almost heart-palpitating feeling of the vastness and the, the wonder of it, but I had that feeling, and I think many of you have experienced the same feeling, this feeling of smallness in relation to the vastness of it. I felt so tiny as I looked at the universe, and, uh, and then I had another feeling. God is so great. And then I had another feeling. I'm a real feeling-oriented person. I know him. He's so great. I'm so small. I know him. And it was an incredible moment. You see, the bigger it all was, the smaller I felt. And the smaller I felt, the more I realized the wonder of God's glory. Now, many of you have had an experience like that, and I'm going to take a little survey in the congregation this morning, it won't take but a minute, um, of different things that just cause this reaction of grandeur and vastness and then our smallness. So raise your hand if you had this experience while looking at huge mountains or mountain ranges before. Raise your hand if you had that experience, okay? Very good. How about this? Now, some people are beach people. And so you go down the, the coastline and you look out and, I mean, you know, like, I guess the Gulf of Mexico, you know Mexico's down there somewhere, but it just looks like it goes on forever and you feel so small. How many of you have felt the intensity of that before? Very good. Then some of us, now not as many of y'all will raise your hand on this because we Mississippians, not many of us have been to a desert before. But that's another kind of vast wilderness of its own kind of rugged glory and grand and hugeness how many of you have seen a desert and felt that yeah like three people way to go <laughs> how many of you have been to the grand canyon okay well all right did you feel small at the edge of the grand canyon and just hoped you didn't fall over and then and this was this is for you bob <laughs> i know where you know where i'm going there's the great plains have you ever been to kansas that's right, and uh, I mean, I've, I've been reading Undaunted Courage about Lewis and Clark again, and, and they felt that. Pastor Brunson loves Kansas, and the, the, the wind on the prairies, and it's kind of like a green ocean, and you feel so small. Okay, Mississippians and, and southern Bubba's among us, just being way out in the woods. You know, where you just know you're way out from, from anybody's house and civilization, that you just feel this kind of grandeur. How many of you have felt that? That's right. Tree stand, tree stand will not substitute for church. We can talk about that after church if you like. And then there is the starry sky where we have seen the glory of the heavens and the glory of God. Here's Psalm 8 in two sentences. The first sentence is this. The bigger God is to me, the smaller I feel. The second sentence is, the smaller I feel, the more I see God's amazing love for me. The bigger God is to me, the smaller I feel, but the smaller I feel, the bigger God, I see God's amazing love for me. So let's start with this idea that the, the bigger God is to me, the smaller I feel. The response to the majesty of God as God designed the response is exactly what's going on in Psalm 8. The response to God's majesty is wonder, awe, and praise. In fact, when David begins this psalm, 
He's going to give all kind of praise to God and the, these attributes of God's glory. But you know how he starts? I want you to look at the name. Look, if you've got the text in front of you, look at the two words for God there. Because David doesn't give one word. He doesn't say, O Lord, how majestic is your name. He says, O Lord, capital L-O-R-D, our Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, how majestic is your name. In other words, he's actually calling God by two names. It is O Yahweh, our Adonai. Yahweh was the name, tell Pharaoh that the one who says, I am the God who just is eternally, the one who is always present, our God, and then Adonai is God Almighty. So this is God, our God who's always there, our Almighty God. How majestic you are. How majestic is your name in all the earth. What David's saying is, is you are God and God Almighty. And there's not a square inch of this earth where your majesty does not fill it. But then he goes even further than that. Notice he says that not only is your name glorious in all the earth, but he, he, he talks about the fact that, O Lord, you have set your glory above the heavens. You're the glorious, powerful one. Throughout all the earth there's glory. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And yet you have set your glory above the heavens. What David is starting is saying you are the God who is present. You are the God of majesty. You transcend everything. And we praise you. He goes on to say because you have ordained praise. It is so it is in the created order that those who are the creatures of God should praise this glorious and transcendent creator. Look at verse 2. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. What is he talking about? From the lips of children and infants. You know, every time a newborn baby cries, he he is screaming the glory of God in the miracle of conception, the miracle of human life. From the lips of children comes this amazing kind of praise. Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, he said, you know, if you want to know what it means to, to really praise God and glorify God, here's what you got to know. Unless you become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus is saying is little children are filled with wonder. Little children are filled with trust. Little children are, are, are just hauled away with God. No, at Christ's triumphal entry, Jesus came in on a donkey into Jerusalem and they were praising him, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the, the king of Israel and all these other things. And we know that the, the disciples praise God, right? We know there are lots of people, adults from Jerusalem. But specifically, have you ever noticed who is mentioned and kind of featured in the praise of Jesus? Who was it? It's the children. And the children were along with the... And the children were waving palm branches. And the, the children were singing their hosannas. In fact, it is Jesus in the Gospels who basically quotes Psalm 8-2. He says, you want to you understand what's going on here? This is the fulfillment of Psalm 8-2. From the lips of infants and children, you have ordained praise. The Pharisees did not praise God. But the children did. In fact, Jesus 
is, is teaching us so much about the, the response to glory as being praised. Remember what he said? The Pharisees said, stop all these people. Stop all these people from praising you. He said, look, if they stopped praising you, the rocks would cry out. Because the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies also declare God's glory. The rocks themselves would cry out if the children were not singing Hosanna because of who he is. And then David takes us. O Yahweh, our Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained what is right from creatures, the praise of a glorious and majestic God. But then David takes us out to his starry, stargazing moment. You remember what David was when he was young? You remember what his profession was? He was a shepherd. David had a lot of time on his hands at night out in the Judean hills with his sheep. And I imagine he would just, can you see him? He would put his little blanket down and he would lie down in one of the hills of Judea and he would look up. And do you know David had the same experience that I did and the same experience that you do? You know why? Because David's just like us. One of the great things about the Bible is these people aren't gurus. These people are just like us, and they're all sinners too, and they all need redemption just like us. But David takes us out under the starry skies. Look at verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, the heavens indeed are declaring The glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so David sees the vastness of the same thing you and I see. And you know how he feels. He feels so small. Just like me and you. Look at verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have put in place... Listen to this. Here's the transition point of the entire psalm. When I think about that and see all that, who am I? What is man, you see? What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? The bigger God was, the smaller David felt. Because God's glory dwarfs us. And we are small compared to the wonder and glory of his works and the, his glory which is above the heavens. And, that, and look, you don't have to be a Christian. Christians or not, we feel small. Now there is a, um, an inverse relationship that's just kind of built into the way we're made by God. That the bigger... Creation is the more vast, the more amazing, the smaller we feel. Uh, I learned, in fact, Pastor Brunson taught me to use PowerPoint about two or three years ago. I was, I'm the, the guy on staff that is brought kicking and screaming into the information age all the time. But, uh, but you know, I learned it. I, I sat down and I, on Wednesday nights when, when I'm the teacher, you come and I create those slides. That's why they're not very artistic. And, uh, but I'm getting better. 
And so I've, I've, I've begun to learn about PowerPoint. And uh, I was thinking about just this inverse relationship between the greatness of God and the smallest we feel. And it reminded me of, uh, of, of PowerPoint. You're, you're thinking, how did it remind you of PowerPoint? Well, here it is. When you're dragging a, bringing over, dragging over, whatever, a picture into a PowerPoint slide, let's say the picture is real small and you put that picture and you want to blow that picture up. So you click on it twice and it, it says size. And there's this little box that you have to check. Let me, let me read this to make sure I get the wording right. Um, Lock-in aspect ratio is what it says. Lock-in aspect ratio. See, and that's so if you, you know, if you got a picture like this, you don't make it go real tall and it stays narrow and it's kind of distorted. If you make this go, it, the aspect ratio, it equally goes out this way. In other words, there, there's, there's a correlation. That's the way it is with God and his glory. The more we see the glory, there's this corresponding aspect ratio that we feel smaller. Doesn't matter if we're a Christian or not. That's just the way we're made because God is glorious. So the first thing that we learn in Psalm 8 is the bigger God is to us or the bigger, the more vast we recognize his creation. Even if you don't believe God created it, you feel small. But the second thing is the smaller I feel, David is telling us, the more I see the amazing love of God for me. Let me explain that. Before I had a relationship with God through Christ, I looked at, the, I mean, it wasn't like I was 20 years old and looked up at, for the first time in Wyoming. I had seen the stars before, just hadn't seen it that clear. And I had actually had that feeling of smallness before. I just didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know why God sent his son. I didn't know that God was a three times holy God, that that cannot abide sin. I didn't realize that, that I couldn't be a good enough person to change myself and, and somehow reduce my sin enough to be acceptable to a holy God. We can't do that. That's why God sent his son. He actually lived a life in our place that we could never live, and he actually died on a cross to take the penalty for sin that we can't deal with before a holy God. And that's why it's called grace, because God did it all for us. And so, you know, I had that feeling of smallness. But, but when I believed, something was different. As a pre-Christian, that feeling of smallness kind of led to a feeling of insignificance before the universe. As a newly minted believer in Wyoming, been a Christian about nine months, that feeling of smallness led to an enormous sense of significance. Of significance as I looked at the canvas of God's creation. And here's the reason why. I feel small. God's creation's huge. Wait a minute. I know him. I, little, know him. And more importantly, he knows me. And he loves me. And that God is leading me. Now, how many of you remember or have ever heard of Carl Sagan? Raise your hand. I just want to know. Okay, well, that's more than I thought. Now, some of the younger people don't know who Carl Sagan is. Let me just explain Carl Sagan before I tell you what Carl Sagan said. That's so depressing. Carl Sagan was an astronomer and an astrophysicist, a very accomplished one, in fact. He was not necessarily an atheist, but he was a rabid agnostic. He would just basically say, I don't even know that there's a God, and I really don't think it matters. I believe in science. I believe in what you can measure. You can't measure God, so I don't necessarily believe in God. Leave me alone. It's kind of buffoonery anyway. 
He's just very uncharitable toward religion. Well, that would have been okay, except for PBS did this multi-part series with Carl Sagan explaining the universe and who we are in the universe, and the series was called Cosmos. Now, those of you who remember Carl Sagan, some of you have never seen Cosmos. You just remembered that he was ridiculed by Johnny Carson so bad. Johnny Carson, in case you're wondering, was the guy who uh, was on The Tonight Show before Jay Leno, all right? And I uh, know you have to tell you, you got to make sure everybody's with you, okay? Johnny Carson would mock Carl Sagan because Carl Sagan always had this way of trying to make you feel small by using these words billions and billions of stars and billions of galaxies. And who do you think you are? So he'd have Carl Sagan on, and Johnny Carson would do the billions and billions thing right in Carl Sagan's face. It was hilarious. But you know, Carl Sagan agnostic, astronomer, astrophysicist. He had the same exact experience looking at the, the heavens that everybody else has. I'd like to read to you the meaning of life in relationship to all this that Carl Sagan, and this would be a representative of a lot of people who believe in science rather than God. By the way, believers love science. We don't see any contradiction. It's just the study of creation. It's okay. Um, Here's Carl Sagan's words. As long as there have been humans, we have searched for our place in the cosmos. Where are we? Who are we? Great question. He gives us an answer. We find that we live on an insignificant planet of a humdrum star lost in a galaxy, tucked away in some forgotten corner of the universe in which there are more galaxies than people. Part of my message, he said, is that we are not central in any way to the purpose of the cosmos. What I have observed makes us all seem very small. Indeed, we are very small. That is the most depressing thing I have ever heard in my life. It is the exact opposite of the good news of the glory of God in Psalm 8. Does it have to be depressing? I mean, is there any purpose for man than being in some kind of cosmic crapshoot that just happened to happen that flung us off to some, what did he say? The, um, on an insignificant, notice the word insignificant over and over insignificant planet, humdrum star, lost in a galaxy, tucked away in some forgotten corner of the universe. Psalm 8 creates the same feeling of smallness, but it doesn't lead to utter insignificance and meaninglessness. It leads to significance. And here is David's explanation. Look at verse 4 of Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? Here's the answer. Here's who we are. You have made us, you have made him a little lower than the angels. Hear this. And you have crowned us with glory and honor. You have made us ruler over the works of your hand and put everything under our feet. 
all the flocks and herds, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea. And I always loved this part. I didn't know what it meant growing up, but I kind of loved it. And all the things that swim in the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What that means, folks, is we may be small in comparison to the vastness of God's creation and his glory, but we are special. We are made in the very image of God. We are given dignity. We are given a kind of elevation over all creatures because of who God has made us. Though we are small, we are filled with significance. What this is saying, people, is that we are so much more significant than mountain ranges. You, as a person, are more glorious than all the galaxies put together because none of them are crowned with glory and honor. None of that has the image of God. It is an incredible thing. It is such a different worldview than we encounter in the world of this cosmic crapshoot leading nowhere in particular with utter insignificance. James Boyce says God has given human beings mere specks in the vast universe a significance and honor above everything else that he has created. You know what that means? Is that every person in here, by virtue of who God has made you to be, is freighted with significance. Maybe you feel insignificant. The way you feel and the way it is are two different things. And by the way, this is why if you're one of those people that needs to be with the cool people or the popular people or the with it people or the powerful people or the whatever people and you will totally ignore other people, that is not only immature, That is sinful because these people are just as significant as these people. That is why, dear brothers and sisters, that an alcoholic homeless person on the side of the road who hadn't taken a bath in two weeks is utterly dignified before God and worthy of our attention and our ministry. That is why Haitians in their grime and in their disease and in their starvation right now are worthy of us not turning our face the other way. You go to the Red Cross, you can go to mtw.org. PCA is trying to get together what that response with churches might be. Stay tuned, okay? Are, are, Are these poor Haitians significant? Yes. Crowned with glory and honor. See, we can only understand who we are if we understand how glorious God is and that we are the pinnacle of his creation and we are more important than stars. Maybe you feel unimportant. Maybe you feel like nobody notices you or nobody cares about you. Nobody knows your struggle. God cares. Did you read that in the text? And the son of man that you care for him. Who am I that you pay attention to me, God? 
Who am I that you care for me? God cares, and he has given you this dignity. And if you have Christ, it is personal. And, and that is an amazing thing and even more meaningful. Maybe you need to go look at the stars and see it for what it really is and see him for who he really is and see yourself maybe for the first time ever, maybe for the first time in a long time for who you really are. Maybe you just need to open Psalm 8 and, and go view the stars through the lenses of, of David who tells us about glory and our significance. Let me tell you, it, it even gets better than this. If you, when you, if you look at the stars and you say, wow, I feel so small, God is so big, that's incredible, right? You know what's even more incredible? Look at the cross. You're telling me that the God who created all that came down here for me? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. And it is through Jesus, through the Word, that all these things are created. And that a holy, holy, holy God get the sense of His majesty and the glory from creation, but go way beyond that, that He would actually love you enough to come down here, see Him on a Roman cross, see Him in utter agony. For love and nothing else. And he gives full forgiveness through his payment to all who ask and never turns away anybody. Isn't that beautiful? If you've put your trust in Jesus, you not only understand that God is glorious and that you know him, you understand how much that glorious God loves you. You see, the smaller I feel, the more I see the bigness of of his love, praise his name, amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Think about that the next time you go stargazing or go with David in Psalm 8 when you feel insignificant. And David ends the psalm just where he started out with praise. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, I'm going to read this psalm to you. I want you to close your eyes. I don't know how you feel about yourself. I'm going to tell you the truth about you by reading this psalm. And I want you to just, just think about it in terms of all we just experienced from God. You ready? O Yahweh, our Adonai, the God who is, who is almighty, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the Son of Man, that you care for Him. You made Him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned Him with glory and honor. You made Him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under His feet, 
all flocks and herds, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the sea. O Yahweh, our Adonai, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, would you seal these truths to us? Would you tune our hearts to the reality of who we are and not what we've been told? If you've never put your trust in Jesus and what he's done on the cross and you'd like to, you see it. It's very simple. You just pray with me. Lord, I see it. I I can't make myself acceptable to you and I can't believe that you actually came down here to do everything needed for me to know you. I want to turn away from everything that I've called Christianity. Everything that I've called religion. And I want to put my trust, Jesus, only in what you have done on the cross. Thank you that even now you've come into my life. Even now you are my life. And you will lead me. And you will help me in the, live the life of the Spirit. And Lord, there are many of us who have believed lies. And many of us who feel beat down. Would you show us the utter significance of who we are because of whose we are. And God, finally, would you give us a desire to lift people up in your name just because you care for them and we can too. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.